Where are we going? Welcome to this exclusive podcast produced by Spirit Watch Ministries that will show where life in our darkening times is now turning and how you can avoid the detours of deception through the hope of biblical truth. The Lord Jesus in Matthew 24 warned us over two millennia ago and how urgently we need to heed him now. Our host is Pastor Rafael Martinez, a seasoned Northwest Indiana-based minister, intercessor, and counter-cult apologist who will help you discern the journey of change we're all on as the last day of the last days now winds down. For more information, check out our Facebook page and our website at spiritwatch.org. Now. Here's Pastor Raphael. Hello. Thanks once more for stopping by and for downloading our program podcast entitled, Where Are We Going? I'm Raphael Martinez, a minister in the Church of God Cleveland Movement. And thanks for taking the time to listen in today. This podcast is one of the services of Spirit Watch Ministries, and we're an outreach of discernment in our deceptive world that has been ongoing since 1993. And it's biblical discernment. We don't just sit and take pot shots or whatever we don't like. We use scripture and scriptural truth to be the the balance in understanding things going on in our world today. You can learn more about us at our website, spearwatch.org, and keep up to date using our Facebook and YouTube links there on the page as well. Our Spearwatch Unchained blog has been around for a few years, and we post there with updates when we can, as well as other exclusive discernment content you're not going to find anywhere else, even on our own website. Uh, we intend to be using the blog a lot more to communicate, so uh, be be, uh, be advised and, 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 and be watching. Uh, we hope you'll enjoy visiting there as well, and, and, and while you're at it, uh, invite all your friends, uh, your neighbors, enemies, strangers, and everyone all pointed between to listen as well. We'd, we'd love to build up our audience, and please let them know. Send them a link and, uh, and, and, and dial in yourself. <laughs> Our podcast is devoted to providing biblical perspectives on the ongoing plunge of the world into the darkness of spiritual deception as foretold by Bible prophecy, which we need to be uh, reviewing a little bit more in in the future. But we have our past uh, podcasts about that, which you can look into in the past season, as foretold by Bible prophecy and the history of fallen humanity itself. As we see all around us, uh, we are basically repeating history that we've not learned from. In today's episode, we're going to start meddling a bit, as they say in the South, where I lived for not a few years. We'd like to look back and provide some commentary on the evasion that the Xenos and Dwell Cults leadership has been doing in light of the undesired attention they've been receiving about their half-century of evil doing. Uh, we invited back to the Spearwatch Virtual Studio on very short notice several of our past ex-Xenos guests. Um, and while many of them could make it to grain checks, Oliver Long, a former leader, was able to do so, and we we're so glad to hear from him. We asked him uh, what his take is on the all-too-familiar dodge Xenos is now running to avoid directly addressing uh, their controversy and, and to avoid all those who've called on them to fess up to their ungodly practices. So we're going to continue to feature more commentary in the future podcasts. And we've had a lot going on with our church ministry and typical family schedules that have made it difficult to continue it twice weekly. So when we can, we will do so. But Wednesdays will now, going forward, be typically where we're going to be premiering our podcast in the foreseeable near future. And we do appreciate all the support all the great fan mail that we've gotten, <laughs> all the all the really, really uh, wonderful comments and, 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 and concerns you've shared. Uh, we want you to continue to do those. You can reach us at, at help 
at spearwatch.org. If you need assistance for a specific issue, you need some uh, some biblical counseling or or any sort of pastoral uh, admonition as well. Uh, I am a pastor, and 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 I do provide a biblical uh, pastoral counsel. Although I am not a professional therapist, if you'd like to make comments on our um, on our, any of our uh, our um, podcast you can reach us at feedback at spearwatch.org and if you have again any sort of other questions or comments or or you would like to share uh, with us directly you can reach me rafael martinez the executive director for lack of a better word here at spearwatch ministries at rafael at spiritwatch.org thanks once again for tuning in and now we're going to move to our podcast and uh, the audio is a little bit chopped up because of the technical difficulties we've had but uh, we put put it together and we think you're going to enjoy uh, today's uh, today's commentary Oliver just tells it like it is and we appreciate him being with us once I rose above the noise and confusion just to get a glimpse beyond this illusion I was soaring ever higher to have Oliver Long with us today. He's going to be helping us break down some of this very unfortunate and yet uh, oddly quite uh, expected uh, developments that are going on regarding the re- the reaction of Xenos slash Dwell to some of the uh, really bad publicity it's been getting and, and specifically regarding to its response to the specific uh, accusations and allegations, as they might call them, uh, of uh, the wrongdoing that's been ongoing there for so many years. Um, and I'm glad, Oliver, to have you here. It's early in the morning and I hope you had your coffee. I have not, but I can't drink coffee. I don't like it, so you can have my, my cup. <laughs> so... <laughs> I just don't work well with that stuff, but uh, but anyway, uh, once again, thank you. It's early, and uh, we've got a little bit of time here, and I appreciate your spending a little of it with me here. And uh, thank you for coming on. And uh, I hope others will pop in as we go on. But uh, uh, we've asked a number of people, and uh, it was very very short notice. So I obviously understand, but we can't make it. But if they do. You'll hear a drop in and you hear voices. So <laughs> thank you once again, Oliver. I appreciate you coming on. No problem. And I am, I am, uh, I've substituted coffee. I've got an energy drink from my little sister. She's kind of hooked on them. So ah, I'm, okay. I'm, getting of, I'm getting all of my caffeine right now. <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, I, I uh, that's great. I'm glad to hear, I'm glad you have that. So that's that's always uh, caffeine makes a difference, doesn't it? Everywhere, <laughs> no matter where you go. Yeah, but uh, but thank you once again for coming. Um, and what we've been, uh, you know, obviously, you know, I, I appreciate you having been with us uh, in the past earlier earlier this past summer. We're just at the cusp now of turning into fall. 
were just right at that point, and but earlier in the summer, uh, just past, uh, you were a, a guest of our show here and our of our of our our podcast, and we had uh, been just basically discussing the, the that very thing that uh, how, how Xenos really has has evaded and sought to uh, to, to disconnect itself uh, from any kind of accountability, and uh, and we've seen that continually over and over. Uh, I mean, our podcasts are just one small attempt to try to bring light to the darkness there, you know, and we've, we're certainly not alone. And I, I certainly am so appreciative of all the different people who've uh, been, who've really been burning their, their passion uh, wild. And they've really let it out there to really uh, kind of bring that expose to Xenos uh, and Dwells, such as those who started, uh, I mean, there's, Katie's, uh, Katie's websites. I don't remember. The, it's still too early in the morning. Mike, you need more coffee. You've got the coffee. Make you remember her her website name. I think it's Dwell Community Church is a cult dot com. I believe that's what it is. I, I think so. Yeah, and then there's another one. Uh, uh, leaving the, the the one the people behind the the billboard uh, that went up and at the there and right outside where all the ministry houses are. Uh, is it leaving the well? Um, We'll figure it out. We'll we'll, we'll get those right now. <laughs> but but and, and then of course Mark Kennedy's Xenosisocult.com website. There's a variety of different people coming up with video and 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 uh, responses and testimonies and um, here's the Daily Beast article. So there's all kinds of things going on. And not to mention, of course, the the re, the uh, the NBC exposés. Uh, so the pressure is on. I think really they really are clearly feeling it. And I think some of the reaction that they've been putting out is uh, attempted to sound very meaningful and uh, very substantial and, 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 and a complete rebuffing. <laughs> would you believe? Would you agree? I mean, it's, they're trying to sound like they're really handling this, but, but, they're, but I, I think they're, they're really, really just showing what they're really about, aren't they? I, yeah, I, I I don't know. I, I mean, I'm sure they're getting together and they're they're talking through everything, but there doesn't seem to be like a cohesive response between what James Rochford writes, what Brian Lowry writes, what Dennis McCallum writes. It, there's there's a different tone in all of their communication. There's different seeming agendas or points that they want to get across. There. It, it doesn't seem to be tied together or very cohesive. Um, the bottom line in all of them is, you know, rah, rah, you know, Xenos dwell is, is a great group. Everyone loves it here, you know, and those, those who are accusing us, um, they're limited. They're few in number. Um, there's only three of them. There's maybe a dozen, but definitely less than a hundred. Um, so there's a minimalization of like those who are actually bringing up criticisms. And then the third thing is, you know, when they do um, give lip service to the content of the criticisms, it's usually just to be dismissive and say, well, you know, there might be a grain of truth and, but there, there really isn't anything substantial or systemic wrong with our group where they'll say something like, um, you know, 
yeah, that might be true, but look at the character of the person accusing. We could say something <laughs> yeah. about that, yeah. but we're gonna we're gonna take the high road. But just know that we've discredited them, you know, or they're discredited morally for bringing something up uh, against us. So it it's. <sighs> I thought when this started, and I, I remember back to Conrad Hilario wrote um, in response to the NBC4 expose a few years ago, and this was before I was even you know, aware of Mark's website or any of the work Katie was doing or anything. I heard it just you know, spontaneously from a friend. He said, oh my gosh, NBC's doing a, you know, kind of a hit piece on on Xenos. What do you think about that? And I was like, man, you know, that's crazy that they're getting that kind of publicity. This was still when, you know, my, my family was somewhat involved in, in the group. And, you know, I, I I looked back on my involvement there as just a, a litany of personal failures and that I was the issue and I was the one who couldn't hack it, right? So I didn't have any negative um thoughts about the group i was i looked back on it as a very sad part of my life yeah um, it was all so self-fulfilling that, prophecy right yeah so when that um that came up and conrad responded uh to to, to some of the criticisms he responded with you know here are the 25 things i love about xenos you know and he wrote this paper and i, and I thought like god that is just so tone deaf to what people are saying and just so insensitive and just so boastful and arrogant you know it's like you're going to boast in, in the church and you're not even boasting in the lord you're just boasting that you know our group that we've built together is just so wonderful it was just it missed the mark on any of what i thought was uh, what i thought could be um good criticism right so Ever since that point, and, and you see it in Ryan's response where he says, you know, people are going to protest here and we're going to hire security. It's just a very much like, you know, antagonistic and, you know, people are overreacting, but don't worry. We'll bunker down in the closed doors of our compound and <laughs> and uh, keep everyone safe. As things started to develop over the you know, last few years in terms of response. I mean, you know, like I was saying, it doesn't seem, they don't seem to have a, like a consistent or constructive or even collaborative strain between all of the things that people are saying. Like I said that, you know, Ryan took kind of a, um, we're going to keep everybody safe, you know, from these few people that might protest and try to disrupt what we got going on. Um, so he kind of took that approach James Rochford took the approach of, you know, um, yes, we could, we could admit to a few things here and there, but unfortunately, you know, all of the things that are being brought up to, uh, uh, about us, all these criticisms, you know, they don't have that much substance. They're vague. They're very general. Um, nobody will say anything objective or specific. Uh, nobody will mention their own personal stories. They just talk about other people. So everything is secondhand. Um, he'll say stuff like, 
you know, things are emotionally driven. Um, and then even when people bring up, you know, like so-and-so says something specific, it'll be like, well, you know, she, uh, we could say some stuff about her character, but we won't, we'll take the higher road here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just keep, just keep in mind that, uh, the person that's saying these things, um, we do have some misgivings about, uh, about them specifically. So he took the approach that everything that was being said was, very general, very vague, nonspecific, couldn't be responded to um, because of the very, you know, the lack of um, uh, specificity. And then when it was specific, it was, well, you know, consider the source on this one, guys. If you'll take a mm. moment and, like, look at this person specifically, you know, um, they're somewhat discredited from even accusing us of anything. So that was James's response. and. You know, like I said, kind of from Conrad's 25 things I love about Xenos in response to NBC4 and then, you know, some of the stuff Ryan's written, James has written, and then some of the things that uh, 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 Dennis McCallum just wrote, you know, there's no underlining theme, there's no consistent tone, um, but there are three things that kind of stand out in all of them is, you know, our church is great, we love it, everyone loves it, and the people that are accusing us, they're few in number. Um, there's actually only three of them, according to, to Dennis. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, Dennis, uh, said, next, I think it was Gail, Gail, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Mark and somebody else, Carrie. Um, yeah. A, a very well financed cable of external enemies out from yeah. out of state who are out of state, out state they're, they're or, being funded by out of state yeah. money. They're largely smart bomb bombs, you know? Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. They're, so there's cruise missiles are sending in into Ohio and, and they're being well funded. And, and of course, yeah. uh, we're, we're just going to hold on though. Really, really weird charge. So it, yeah, exactly. We're going to bunker down and weather the storm and, all this persecution was sent by Satan because, Mm -hmm. you know, we do such a great thing here. So it's just really, and that's the thing that has stood out to me and why I've gotten more involved is I, honest to God, I think the, their responses are just so telling as to, because initially when everything started happening, I was thinking like, why don't they just admit, reach out and try to manage some of the things that people are saying. Like, why don't they try to constructively work through them and, and resolve some of these conflicts and, and dilute some of the, the charges that are being brought against them? And there's been no effort to do that at all. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just ama- it's amazing to me because, I mean, if you, if you would have hired, like, a, a PR firm, the biggest thing that they would have told you is, you know, take take the – uh, take the vinegar out of their charge here, get together with them and, and work through some of this because, um, you know, by diminishing it or outright saying that, you know, X, Y, and Z doesn't happen. I mean, it just, it creates a snowballing effect and that's what's happened. Mm-hmm. This, uh, I, Mark, I don't know when he, uh, Mark Kennedy set up his, his website. Um, but uh it's gone from that to you know Katie's working on stuff um obviously you've been involved the daily beast has picked up the story nbc4 has run several pieces 
uh, about what's going on because people are extremely angry that their legitimate hurts aren't, aren't, uh, being acknowledged, they're being diminished and dismissed, yes. and they're being attacked specifically, and uh, there's no willingness to, to work through anything. And he, like I said, I went from very apathetic about what I remembered about Xenos and took a lot of it on the chin as personal failings on my part, but God, man, their response is just so tone deaf and, and so telling. Uh, that it's made me think, okay, well, wait a second. What re- what really was going on there? And look back with, uh, you know, the eyes of uh, somebody a little bit more mature, hopefully. And, you know, my like I've been talking to you about, my sister moved in here, and we've talked through things. She was with the church probably 20 years, so a lot longer than I was with the church. Um, so she was talking, you know, she and I have been talking about stuff and it's kind of like brought up the things that, you know, uh, really are going on there, have continued to go on there and have never been addressed, uh, effectively. Right. So yeah, a- anyway, um, in a rambling way, yeah, their, their response has been just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, just braggadocious, <laughs> um, boastful, uh, it's it's really played played poorly, I, I think, on anybody who's going to look at it objectively from the outside. Yeah. So the more they talk, the more I think people kind of wake up to, you know, to some of the things that are going yeah. on there that that are that are not definitely not godly. Yeah, um, Xenos is is in kind of an existential uh, quicksand right now. You know, the more they move forward in trying to sound biblical and seem like these, they're this bunch of misunderstood and persecuted Christians mm-hmm. standing for Bible truth. Uh, the more they try to try to uh, reach for the high ground, they're they're, they're just see, seeping deeper into it. It's sucking them down. I mean, for them, I think to really come clean, uh, at this point, uh, I don't want to say it's impossible because it is possible. And all, the Bible says for with God, all things are possible. But, uh, when it comes to man, though, uh, I, I, it's definitely the flip side. I think with, in terms of Z, where Xenos is going, they, they really truly, uh, like you said, they put together a, a, a discombobulated uh, kind of response where there's no real common theme or tone, but you see elements of, like you said, of different things being said. And, uh, well, it's, and like, it's like uh, Ryan Lowry took the tone that, you know, we're being persecuted and we need to hire police to protect our people. <laughs> and I'm thinking like Ryan, like I know, I know people who have specifically approached you with real issues and you forwarded their messages to somebody who's supposed to be somebody who was completely out of the situation, somebody who's, you know, going to be now the intermediary to help resolve these conflicts. And I'm thinking like, dude, the people that are bringing things up about how you led with them are people that you said you loved, people that you worked with for 15 years and led beside, people that are doing things in a very non-accusatory, but hey, you know, I think this was wrong. And you're not even, like, that's your mo, that's your moment to, um, 
to respond in a godly way, to take the criticism uh, and to, to grow from it, to apologize for what you can apologize for and, and move forward. And, and you didn't do that. You forwarded the uh, the criticism on to other people and completely diminished, uh, diminished, you know, uh, what, what people were saying. I mean, those are the type of things that like, you know, you think you're being persecuted, but brother, like this stuff happened years ago when people started to bring up different things. And because of your response, absolutely things have become more and more, um, publicized because they can't get a hold of you individually. You won't talk about it. You won't acknowledge it. Uh, and try to seek amends for it and move forward. So yeah, his, his response is, Oh my God, we're being persecuted. Let's hire some police because maybe they're going to show up on the campus, but don't worry. We'll keep everybody safe. <laughs> it's like, dude, yeah. like if you had had a godly response 10 years ago, um, to some of the things that have been leveled at you specifically, you know, maybe it wouldn't have snowballed into that. It, it, it snowballed into this feeling like we're, we're you know, we, the masses are approaching the gate here. Let's, uh, you know, put archers on the wall type thing. You know, so that was, that's his response. And I think it's just really telling, you know, he does give it, throw us a little bone and say, well, you know, there's a, there might be a grain of truth here. And then he says, but qualifies that immediately. But overall, you know, we're a great community. We love God and, and everybody loves it here type, yeah. type thing. So their responses have been, just so so unbelievably uh so un- unbelievably missed the mark that people like myself that were on the fence and that have enough uh you know through different things I've gone through you know counseling therapy you know meds and that sort of thing I've looked back on what I did there and said oh my god you know there's more than enough that I can take responsibility for without even impugning you know, the motives of somebody else. But you, like I said, their response has brought people like me off the fence to say, Ooh, yeah. wait a second, guys, you know, there's, you, you need to listen people. And it, it, Dennis's most recent response is extremely telling that, you know, first of all, you know, the fact that he comes out and says, you know, I'm not speaking for the church in an official manner and then writes an official response on their website. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then he's like, well, there's no there's no hierarchy here. Um, we're just a very, you know, we elect our own leaders. And I'm thinking like, buddy, all the leaders and all the quote unquote elders are people that have come through your uh, your sphere. They've come through your home church diesel or they've been discipled by you specifically. So don't tell me there's not a hierarchy or they've married into your family, you know, so don't tell me there's not a hierarchy here and that, you know, these elders had been selected by a three, three fourths majority of, you know, whatever the, the, the membership of the servant team, you know, these are very much your people and you're very much in charge because you very much have the floor and have the microphone to respond like like you see fit. So don't give us this, well, I just teach selectively and, and, you know, I just, I run a home church now and that's kind of all I do and they kind of do their, no, buddy. Like, you're very much the hand behind the scenes here. Um, yeah. So don't try to diminish or, you know, turn away from the fact that, 
You know, just because you've got a, a bunch of college kids running the show, um, anybody can look behind the curtain and see that, you know, those college kids running the show now are, are all your people. So. Right. Exactly. I, you know, so yeah, you know, he says there's no hierarchy. Well, I'm just going to speak in an informal way, just on this uh, this platform that, <laughs> just as a in a formal, and take a formal response. But if you look at like the the content of his message, in just a very rambling way, he does say three things. Um, substantial. He says first, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm here to, um, respond to the accusations and to defend myself and my ministry, right? And it, it, it's unbelievable. He says, you know, we're the largest, we're one of the largest, best known and respected churches in central Ohio. Well, the numbers aside, let's talk about like, you know, best known. Well, I would say, yeah, absolutely best known. When I was in college reaching out to people, Everybody knew who Xenos Dwell was, right? right? When I was in the, when, when I was in the group. But in terms of respect, you know, we were never respected when I was in college. People had two responses. They either thought it was an outright cult or they hadn't heard of it and, and they might be somewhat willing to, you know, come check things out. And we, we were ready for that kind of thing because we were taught very specifically, like, you know, we're put on earth to polarize people, right? Jesus Christ says, you know, things are either going to be hot or cold, the lukewarm apathetic stuff he spits out of his mouth, you know, type thing. So as a church, we're either going to have a hot or cold response in the community. We're going to either have a hot or cold response on, on campus. So the fact that he's like, Oh, now we're this best well-known, respected church. Everybody in Central Ohio thinks so. Why hasn't Raphael done his case study? He, if he had, he would have seen that people have a very positive opinion. No, like, buddy, we, we I, I don't know how and many. That, and that's the point. <laughs> exactly. Like, how many we people do, do you need to talk to? But the fact of the matter remains, it's like, You've completely changed your doctrine then because initially it was, hey, let's go polarize the world, give them something salty that either leads them to Christ or gives them an objective decision that they don't want Christ, right? So so the fact that he's taking this, you know, everybody loves us type approach is is just mind-numbing to me. You know, then he says stuff like, we're we're just a fun-loving, happy Jesus followers. We have the, we think we have the most awesome church. Yeah. Uh, He lists all these experts. Look at what these experts um, have to say, or look at all the experts that have come and spoken at our uh, Xenos Summer Institute. And I'm thinking like, Dude, if you give me twenty five grand, I will come and, and and speak at your summer institute. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you, Lee Strobel, if he knew about some of the stuff that was being you know charged against this group, and he knew that his name was being put in a list as like, hey, let's appeal to authority here. Everybody else comes here, 
I, I think he would say, hey, take my name off of that. You know, you paid my check. You paid my bills. I'll come next time you want right. um, somebody to teach a class on apologetics or, or, or whatever. And you raise um, an excellent but, point there because we did that. We spoke with Crawford Lawrence, who is, who is a, a, a well-known evangelical pastor and writer, and he's done a tremendous amount of, 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 of ministry urban ministry in his in his time and uh he was supposed to speak at the last summer institute this past uh july and uh we began to discuss that very point with him mm-hmm. and uh he was listed on the uh summer institute website as a speaker and then mysteriously he wasn't there and that was after we had sent him some information so again uh, our responses have not been as uh widespread i mean our are are we've not been able to because we've been we've been limited with our own life uh, going mm-hmm. going on here. We've not been able to to reach out, but we really reached out to to Crawford because I I deeply respected him uh, his teaching about about the seven marks of a false teacher could easily be set aside as as seen as something that directly speaks to the sort of um, deception. That, uh, that Dennis McCallum lives under, but, mm-hmm. but, but that was from a conference years ago, had nothing to do with Xenos. But now when I saw that he was going to be speaking there, once he spoke there in the past, I simply had to, I simply said to myself, I, we, we, we've got to let him know. And so mm-hmm. we did, and then we did, I just, I just sent him a message by his website, uh, and, and the messages replicated in full on our blog. Upon, upon our Spirit Watch Unchained blog there, it's all there, and uh, then, then oddly, he pulled out. So, yeah, that, that we need to keep, we need to keep that pressure on. We need to let people know, like you said, Lee Strobel, um, I'm thinking of, uh, um, uh, goodness, um, the gentleman, uh, the, the, um, the, um, theologian up in, uh, in, in the Trinity Evangelical, um, who's done work on the on the uh, on the, the emerging church? Um, Doctor Carson. Um, mm-hmm. that, that that's not his full name, but uh, but Doctor Carson. I, I, all these, like you said, very well known people are well, who he suddenly becomes, uh, who are who are what the church suddenly looked to as as their standard bearer, as those affirming them. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, would these guys agree to be part of this long, long-winded, rambling, you know, response about how great Xenos is? You know, that's clearly in response to, to, you know, some accusations, and clearly those accusations merit something formally being being said by the group. I mean, I don't think they would. I think they would think, like, you know. We're not part of that congregation. Right. Don't don't list us as people that are going to, you know. Yes, we'll show up, and yes, we'll we'll talk. But you know, that's what we do for a living, you know. Type type thing is we go from congregation to congregation. We we teach at colleges, we etc. And um, so that's what you know. That's what they do. You know, they're they're authors. They go and they, you know bring up their books and that sort of thing. So yeah, I would I would think that any number of those people with all the PhDs 
behind their names that Dennis listed would say, Hey, Hey, take us off of this. You know, yeah. we don't want to be, we don't want to be part of the get down in the dirt with you guys. You know, we're, we're here to facilitate and to help you learn, but, but we're not going to defend, you know, your, your, your ministry down to the level that you think you can call upon us to do. Right. So anyway, I, I, and that's what you get with any appeal to authority, right? You know, the minute you say, well, look at what all these experts think about us. It's like, come on, man. You know, respond to the content of the criticism. Don't, don't just say, Hey, you know, this person, you know, was walked in our halls one day. So that must mean something about, you know, what goes on behind our doors. Um, it was the same thing with Trinity Divinity uh, School, uh, whatever, up an hour and a half north. It's like, well, they sent people down to actually look at how we run things. And I'm thinking, like, Dennis, they also aren't going to bite the hand that feeds them. I mean, you guys send consistent people up to, you know, to take classes right. and to, to get master's degrees and stuff, mm. you know, what, what are they going to say? Hey, we, you know, we've got some serious misgivings about, you know, some of the things we've been, we've been hearing, or are they going to say, Hey, these guys pay our bills. And, um, mm. I, it's just, yeah. anytime you resort to that type of thing, um, I, I, I really do, and that's why they specifically call it an appeal authority. You, you really do lose the battle because you've yes. gone beyond the specifics of the argument to saying, you know, well, hey, this person thinks it's okay, so, so well, shut up. You, you know, you, you just move beyond that. Well, what do you think, uh, Oliver? Uh, here's what's, and this is just another facet of the irony, uh, the really, kind of really disgusting irony that they, they, they engage in here is when, you know, Xenos has spent its entire, uh, fortunes, its image developing itself as this cutting edge, uh, mm-hmm. top tier church that's out there doing the work of God like nobody else can. There's an elitism that they yes. have inculcated, that they've indoctrinated for so many years within, within Xenos. Maybe it's not as 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 um uh, as viewable to the newer generations of Xenos, but I can I, I do know very clearly, you know, and and that from the get go, Xenos developed its its it, it's it put stock in its image as this this shining light on the hill, mm-hmm. being the only true, the only true church doing the work of God Absolutely. properly. Making well, it, and, and then, absolutely. and then now here they are, they're, here they are returning right back around to the very institution that they loathed and try and say, well, we're just another community yes. church. <laughs> this is the same thing that I, uh-huh. I recall. It's, it's great. We're part of the whole community of believers here. Yeah. And when Remnant Fellowship's, uh, leader, Gwen Chandler died in her plane crash couple, uh, almost two years ago now, uh, and they Start having their own response to uh, what's going on around them, specifically related to the HBO series that we had uh, that I had helped contribute to. Um, that was exactly the same sort of response they had towards the media. Is mm-hmm. that that is that Remnant Fellowship is just a, 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 one of many good churches in the area. Yes, we're, we're just trying yeah, to do the same exact thing. They do it. 
every single, and that's exactly how cultic movements work. They, they want to make themselves sound so elite, so cutting edge, mm-hmm. so better than anybody else. Indeed, the only place you can find salvation and truth up to the point when they find themselves under criticism, then suddenly they try to kind of blend back in and say, well, we are these great, uh, we're, we're part of this great, wonderful, uh, community of churches. These, mm-hmm. these communities of faith everywhere. Right. Yeah, you fall, you fall back on the, you know, yeah, yeah, it's, it's talking out of both sides of your mouth. And you're exactly, exactly right. right. I mean, when I, when I went, it was basically Xenos is the way, the truth, and the life, right? If you go to right. another city, you're not going to find a fellowship like Xenos. If you go to out of state school, you're not, you're going to be a lone wolf and you're going to be assaulted by the world and taken down. You know, you need to stay right here. You need to attend Xenos and you need to, you know, be a part of what we do here. Right. And, and the thing is, and this, this is hard for me to think about too, to wrap my to head around because when I went in the first, the early 2000s, it was, we are going to multiply ourselves to the point where we become a very powerful movement. Right. And we would have servant team meetings um, where Dennis would say specifically at the front of the room, I want everybody to say, if you're committed and we're going to stand before God here because we're at the cusp of either doing this or not doing this, um, I want you to think internally, close your eyes. And when I say stand up, I want you to either stand up or sit down. And those who are sitting down, you know, maybe this isn't for you, but you know, either we're going to do this or we're not going to do this, right? We're, we're on the edge here of uh, blowing up and, and making it to the big times and becoming a real movement here. Um, or we're not, we're going to fail and we're going to kind of, you know, wither and die and our lampstand is going to be taken away. I mean, this is, you know, this is a rhetoric that he would use. Right. And then we would say, I would shut my eyes. And I remember I was standing next to uh, my, my good friend, Mindy Nielsen, and I felt her stand up. So I stood up too. You know, I would have stood up anyway, right? You know, because I wanted to be a part of something, you know, something a lot better than myself. So, you know, everybody stood up. and But that was the whole thing is we are unique. God is going to use us in a uniquely powerful way. And at the end of the day, um, they they have the same attendance they did 25 years ago when I yeah. attended. Yeah. They, they have 5,000 members. And they'll say, well, you know, we're... Um, our God has grown us and our ministry and this kind of thing. And I'm thinking like, no, the only thing that you guys have done in the last 25 years is, is you've lost more members than you brought on. You know, that's an objective fact. And you've gotten more involved in, you know, some of the other stuff going on, like Youth for Christ or, you know, the national, uh, what, what is it, student athletes organization or, or whatever. So you're sending money to them. You're helping participate in some of the, the local things. But you guys are not a church planting movement. Your guys' ministry has not grown organically. Your, your ministry has grown because you've branched out and you've started to to try to associate and become a part of some of the more successful things that are going on right now. Right. So in terms of like, I was going to say the only thing organic about uh, Xenos, the fact is that it's, it's, it's parasitical. It it completely lives upon the energy and the strength and the power that it can draw from uh, other churches other than it. I mean, that's the only way it can survive. 
There's only if you, look at, if you look at Xenos uh, leadership and stuff, they have spun off leaders into Youth for Christ. They've spun off leaders into, you know, student athletes and that sort of thing. They've spun off leaders into some of the other stuff going on around here. And, and so at the end of the day, it's like we're not necessarily going to grow ourselves which, which to me, I mean, right, you've got the Great Commission, go out and make disciples of all nations. If you're not doing that, you gotta look into, and that's, that's the thing. I mean, how many, how many old teachings can we pull up where Dennis opined on losing the lampstand and the light to the world? And, you know, if we're not effective in this way, you know, we've gotta, it, it might be time to, to look internally and to think, hey, oh my God, we've lost what, what makes us, you know, the salt of the, the, the earth, right, type thing. So th- there's no introspection that goes on now. They just grow through, you know, giving money to other places, right, and, which is all well and good. I mean, it's not like these places are going to turn down the money if they need to invest in, in things that God is really behind. You know, money is money is money, right? Yeah. But right. At, at the end of the day, Xenos has got to look at, you know, why is it that we didn't do what it was that we set out to do in the early 2000s, what we felt like God called on us to do? And that, to me, is the biggest indictment, right? We can bring up all of our specific, you know, objective criticism in the world, but at the end of the day, you know, the numbers don't lie, and they're kind of assaulted and condemned by their very standards of what success is. Mm. So it's just, it, it's unfortunate. And, and there's, you know, they can attack and rail against anybody in the world, but, you know, any business, go look at your P&L. And if you're, uh, if you're duplicating and uh, you're organically duplicating your op- opposition faster than you're organically duplicating your uh, congregation, you know, you, you've got a, you've got a big problem, right? Any system that creates more mistakes than, uh, than it's set up to design or designed to, to solve those mistakes is, you know, yeah. is not, is not sustainable. So yeah, just the, just the appeal to their, yeah. their reputation is, is mind numbing. Yeah. The other thing that I was thinking about, Raphael, is yeah. how, um, and with what animus they attack those who are criticizing things, right? Dennis says very specifically, uh, this isn't a spontaneous group. Now, I don't know what organic <laughs> is, but I'll tell you what. It's not like, uh, what, who did Dennis? Mark Kennedy, Gail Burkholder, and, um, uh, yeah, I forget her last name, but it's not like those three people with all of their immense wealth and ties and, uh, background in marketing have, have brought together, what did he say? A well curated, um, group of stories, uh, from maybe a dozen people. I mean, who talks like that? These are three people that have, uh, Back from the 90s, when they left the church, had harbored all of this animosity. No, 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 no. Like, there's there's groups of over, of hundreds of people. There's a wait list to get into a Facebook group I'm a part of that's over 100 people. There's 600 people already in the group. This is not three people working nonstop 
to uh, make it seem like in Dennis's words, the whole the whole city is against us. No, man, this is this is literally the definition of organic. I love what, I love what Dennis. I love what Dennis says about that very thing. He says the writer, and this is in response to the article I did on Xenos being a being a, a, an actual heresy. This is his, this is off of Dennis's response uh, on on the dwell on the dwell website. He writes, the writer, that's me, admits members' positive experiences, but dismisses their views as polished and well-curated. How does this writer feel justified discounting and marginalizing the voices of thousands of people? Is he gaslighting them? <laughs> that's, that's funny. That really is. It's, it's okay for him to protest. And, it, you know, this is America. You can, you can write and do what you want. You can say what you want to, okay? I'm a veteran. I served so people could speak their mind and continue to do so in freedom and peace in America. Uh, and, and as a veteran, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that same, that same right to myself that I served for and, and, and point out what, that, that when Dennis is sitting here bemoaning the horrible way people have been treated by my writing in dismissing, dismissing their voices, when, when, when the truth be told is, is, we've just been talking about, it. there's been probably tens of thousands, maybe more, maybe hundreds of thousands of people who've been in and out of that uh, revolving back door at Well Community Church, Zenos Christian Fellowship, the, that revolving door in every ministry house and every meeting where people come in and come right back out again. After they saw what it was, yes. how many yes. thousands, and, and look, hundreds look, look of thousands has, has he ignored? Has he as he's blown off? And that's that's why Raphael, I think this let's, let's say it again, this organic movement that is spontaneous, that is grassroots, that is word of mouth, that isn't organized, that isn't funded by out of state money, that doesn't have you know three core leaders that have devoted you know this to being their entire job that's why we've only scratched the surface on some of the things that have gone on there and that need to be brought up because the people that are vocal now i mean granted when i was looking at uh mark kennedy's website a few years ago when it got started i would think ah you know well this you can diminish or downplay and and i would do that you know, people's stories. I've never, I've never talked to Mark. Mark has not curated my story or selected it for, you know, as appropriate for public consumption. He has not used my story as, as part of his narrative building. I've never, uh, I've never communicated with him. I've never posted a story on his website. You know, I just read the stuff there. So the, you know, the fact that this is organized by three people is, is mind numbing. You can't, you can't, you know, then, then Dennis knows that, you know, he uses language like, well, there's dozens of angry people. Nobody, there's hundreds of angry people. There's thousands of angry people and they're getting angrier and they're getting angrier because you won't listen, you know, and, and he says, well, there's maybe, there's maybe a few dozen stories. Uh, that have been collected over 50 years. It's like, no, man. Like, and that's the thing. It's like, what, what's that quote? Like, you know, better to remain silent and have people think you're a fool than to, to open your mouth and remove all doubt. 
his congregation that reads this stuff and says, wait a second, there's more than a dozen people. I know five people at my work that have a negative view about Xenos, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, the more he opens his mouth on this, the more people can literally dispel uh, the, the, the claims that he's, that he's making, right? This is or- orchestrated and, uh, uh, orchestrated and manipulated, right, by three people. Like, man, I've not talked to any of those three people. <laughs> yeah. Everything comes from Mark and his screened people. It's curated by Mark. It's orchestrated by Mark. Yeah. Um, everything, com- all, all of this comes stems from the early 90s. And, and I'm thinking, like, dude, like, uh, what does is, what is Sun Tzu say? You know, like, the worst mistake you can ever make is to to underestimate your adversary. Like, Dennis, my God, if you think that you and Ryan Lowry need to go hire, you know, special police to protect your your meetings against these three people, I mean, you don't understand your, your adversary. Your adversary number's in the hundreds, and they're not going to show up and protest. They're not going to cause a scene. They're adults, and they're adults with very specific grievances that you won't listen to. Right. You know, and, and, and this this whole idea of downplaying or diminishing, I, I think, is illuminative of of you know where it is his mind is. You know, it, if as I said, he maintained his original thesis that hey, we're going to go into this world, and we're either going to bring people to Christ or we're going to push people the other way he would have the capacity to understand that he's going to create thousands of enemies. Right. But now that he's moved from this idea that we're going to polarize people to this idea that everybody loves and respects us, he's got to diminish and downplay the, uh, uh, the, the thoughts and opinions of, of people and say, well, you know, crap, you can collect 10 stories over 50 years about anybody. You know, Jesus Christ had 10 stories, you know, about from 10 angry people over his, you know, 30 year ministry or, or whatever. So I don't know. He's, he switched the goalpost and he keeps moving things and keeps redefining what success sure. is. Because in and, cults, the rules don't apply to, to, to the cult leaders. They can do as they want to. They can redefine yeah. the game. Uh, as in, as in the, 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 the classic literary study by George Orwell, you know, um, you know, uh, what's, uh, what was what that? What was it? The rule from uh, 1980, 1984. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the rules that 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 are played on in that fictional play, uh, the fictional government of Oceania, and and um, and, and one and one and one minute they're they're they're, they're hating one political enemy and one and and they've spent years and years developing uh, the entire thrust of, of of shaping the culture within. Their, 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 their land to, to hate one specific enemy and have allies with, and be allied with another. And then mm-hmm. in a moment, they can switch and change that to make the friend become the enemy. And everyone's just supposed to go along with it and say, oh yes, that's the way it always was. <laughs> exactly. But here's, and here's the thing to, to keep teasing out that idea from, from 1984. There are people who work in the ministry of truth and think, my God, look at what we're doing here, right? And and Dennis did a lot. 
he did a lot in his writing to create the idea that, well, you're just saying that my flock is foolish, that we're well-trained robots, that we're, uh, or that they're well-trained robots, that, you know, they're just so gullible and manipulative. And uh, now, man, I would say 85% of the people that go to the church were very much like me and thought, well, God has put me here for a reason. Um, I see that there are a lot of things that are wrong about what we do, but I have a position and a capacity to bring about change, and I'm going to do that. And I love these people. And that's that's what kept me there for many, many years, is I love my boys. I love the fact that I get to live in a house, you know, with, with 12 really great guys. The, the fact that I get to try to do something in their lives that has eternal implications and that's what kept me there and we looked at the dating we looked at the legalism we looked at the authoritarianism we we made fun of dennis we called him the pope (laughs) you know well the pope says this you know we would and we did those things and, and and almost as as an idea that hey yeah, there's some some really big problems here, but we didn't know the root or the extent of them. We didn't know it was systemic. We didn't know it all came from, you know, the character uh, of the boss. Um, but we thought, okay, you know, here we are. Um, we have an opportunity and we have authority to whatever extent God has given it to us. And, and we have the ability to bring about, you know, some growth in, in these people. And, and, the thought was, we'll we'll do this despite all of this other stuff. And I would say that most of the people that go to Xenos are very well aware. They're very well aware when they say, see Dennis get up on the stage and say, well, hey, I haven't invested uh, wisely for my retirement, so can you guys give me a lump sum payment? And they think about stuff like that, and they think, well, wait a second, how does that relate to the parable of the talents? Like now at the end of the, the harvest and when you collect your, your bounty, Dennis, you don't have any. So now people are supposed to, you know, shell out so you can have a, a good retirement. People look at stuff like that and think, well, wait a second here. This doesn't jive to what, to what it is that I think God has called us to. And there's a lot of cognitive dissonance. You know, I'll use that term that Katie's really, um, has really used astutely. There's a lot of people that say, yeah, but, yeah, but, and have those rationalizations in their mind. But the, the thought of the, the thought that I have is that the more people communicate and bring things to light, the more that those people are going to say, hey, you know what? It, it's not worth it. We're not growing. We're not a movement. Um, and, and, and we do, and we've abused a lot of people. So it's, it's, if I want to follow God, it's time to either speak out in, from inside and change things, or it's time to use my vote and to walk with my feet and, and walk out the door. So Dennis has done a lot to like make it an us versus his congregation, right? But his congregation, for the most part, I think is, is probably pretty intelligent and in tune to what goes on. Um, and a little bit smarter than he gives them credit for. And I think that's why things have, have come up. That's why leaders continue to leave, you mm-hmm. know, is because they see what's going on and their hearts are literally breaking because of some of the stuff that yeah, has happened. You know, so 
And that really is sad because, I, like you said, I think there's a, a, a very, very, uh, with a, how, how, what's the term? Uh, the silent, there's a very silent majority of people yes. within, within Dwell and those who've left it and those on the edge who are seeing Xenos, uh, uh, Well, Dennis, the whole, the whole enterprise being confronted with substantial claims and substantial mm-hmm. Uh, documentation of, of their history that they're not what they claim to be. They're anything but. Yeah. I don't care how exactly. much their theology might pass the muster of any evangelical church or association. That, uh, practically, uh, they're, they're monsters. You know, well, uh, and, and the thing is, people, every story that comes up, people are going to say, you know what, this is another brick. This is another brick. This is another brick. Sooner or later, People are going to say, my God, all those bricks together have made a wall. And that wall has separated the people who want to follow God from God himself, right? We, yeah. we in Xenos have become an intermediary, just like we've, uh, argued that the, the Catholic Church has been between people and their salvation, right? And when we charge what we charge and give people access to this, and then that's, you know, a, a terrible thing. We've become the very thing that we decried, you know, 30 years ago. And, and that's, that's the, that's, that's the thing. Dennis will say, Hey, we're, we're not authoritarian or legalistic. And it's like, buddy, you control where people work. If people work at a place that takes their time away from ministry, they're rebuked for doing that. You control where people go to school. How many conversations have gone on? In Xenos, where people who had a full ride scholarship were told that it was God's will that they turn it down and that they go to some place in Columbus, right? You you control where they go to school. You control where they live. How many people, Dennis, have you pulled aside and said, "Well, you know, I think it's God's will that you live in a ministry house," you know, or "I think it's God's will that you live in Columbus." And I don't think it's God's will that you, you know, go to Bowling Green or, or, you know, go live in Chicago or start a group in Pittsburgh or, or whatever. Uh, he controls who people date and who they marry. This is the definition of authoritarian. You know, well, hey, I don't think so-and-so and so-and-so are equally yoked. You know, I don't think that, uh, I think he's doing a really disservice to his future ministry if he grabs somebody uh, a woman of just, you know, who isn't going to be his standard bearer and support, you know, his calling. You absolutely get involved in that kind of stuff. You have, you always will. He controls whether or not people, you know, divorce. I'm going to write a paper and say, hey, your only three reasons for divorce are if you've been abandoned, if you've been, uh, 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 pedophilia, if they've committed adultery or that your spouse has died. Like, that's the only reason that you break that union. And right. it begs the question, well, what about physical abuse? How many stories have we heard, Raphael, where, where a spouse has physically abused another spouse in their relationship? Dennis was just literally accused of that a few weeks ago. But there's no, there's no, there's no capacity for, for a spouse to leave another spouse. They say, well, the church, the church would like them to separate physically while they resolve their marriage. And I'm thinking like, dude, we, Gary Delashment has a daughter 
whose husband has been accused of battery, what, three times now that the charges have been dismissed? And you think, my God, that's from their view on relationships and divorce. She's trapped. She is literally trapped. She has no choice if she is told she's needs to stay with this man. She has no choice but to not, you know, press charges and not seek legal recourse. When clearly right? she does have a, she does have by natural by, by, by the natural perspective, she does have a choice. We think, oh, oh, yes, she, she can walk away, but she, but at this point, she is trapped. She is someone that by the very indoctrination and culture of Xenos has absolutely made it clear to her that she has no other place to go. They'll exactly. tell her, they'll use the language, oh no, you can choose, you have freedom, mm-hmm. but she knows where those choices have been clearly uh, yes. linked. And she and knows the direction yeah. Well, the whole the whole idea that people can't be raped when uh, uh, they're married, right? I, I, how many people have I talked to that were in a Xenos marriage where their spouse was allowed to be physically or sexually abusive to them because it's basically promoted in, 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 by by the church's own doctrine on divorce, right? Well, you, you know you. You gotta be sexually available to your husband. And, and, and here's the key thing that it's, it's um, taught from yeah. the very counselors. Yeah, well, your husband can't rape you. Yeah. Well, hey, have you, have you watched porn in your life? Oh, you watched porn that one time? Well, that's why you have a such, such a negative idea of what your husband is doing to you. And it's, it's yeah. mind numbing to me. Yeah. That real and, abuse is just, yeah. And, and that's the thing, Jane, uh, Oliver. That's the, the, this is the reason why they can get away with this because they maintain this inner hidden doctrine amongst themselves. It's yes, very oral. Absolutely. It's an oral culture. It's rules that are yes. understood to be absolutely. So there's nothing on paper. As a matter of fact, they have on paper just the opposite. They yes. have on their from their public pulpits. They have, they make all these these highfalutin claims that well, we affirm the marriage and we want to protect people from abuse. We want to know about who's doing what. When clearly there's an oral culture, a very very deeply yes. entrenched oral culture has been the real the real shadows, the real linkages yeah. within, right. within the culture. Absolutely. And, and when when Dennis writes in his documents, um, these experts know far more about our church than Spearwatch, and he goes on to list them like Larry Crabb and Gene Getz and Hugh Ross and Sean McDowell, Lee Strobel, Oz Guinness, Stuart Briscoe, J.P. Moreland, John Lennox. I mean, I know these names. These guys' books I read going to mm-hmm. school. I'm sure you have too. These are the guys who are cited the great Christian minds. And then, and then we go on to say, all these leading Christian figures have had an extensive discussion with me and others on staff. Mm-hmm. Well, I assure yep. you, they weren't in the bedrooms. They weren't in the ministry houses where all this damage has been done. They weren't there. Absolutely. And that's, Absolutely. The, that's where, uh, Dennis, if you're listening, and I'm sure you are, that's where the, uh, your, your authority falls off. You're the emperor with no clothes on. That's where your claims that these appeals to authority that you make just completely, uh, just I completely be shown so bogus because that is not what we're talking you're, about. You're exactly right. And if people take one thing from this, they gotta they gotta separate what's published on the website with what the oral tra- tradition and oral authority and oral rules are. Right. Because you're very right, Dennis. When Dennis responded to my comment in the Daily Beast, and he says. 
well, this is very easy to refute that I have a list of people who are spiritual or not, and who's worthy to date and who isn't. Why doesn't Oliver produce the list? And the, the, that's that's the whole thing is really, Dennis, you think you're dumb enough to put it in writing, put it on your website, you know, that uh, the Chandra Bovinger is spiritual enough to date. Now, nah, buddy, you know, but but you can sit at a poker game and you can talk to your boys and you can talk to, you know, who's who who you've heard about positively and who you haven't. And you mm-hmm. can talk to your leaders about what it means to be a Song of Solomon woman and, and what you should look for in a spouse and who fits that criteria and what the checklist is that you should make. And you can talk to people about your whole concept of equally yoked. And uh, you can rebuke people for spending too much time and investing in, in a relationship that you don't uh, think is going to bring about the, the, the best fruit. So it, it is absolutely Absolutely. Uh, we'll publish one thing, but orally we have a tradition and, and that, that far, far, um, uh, is far more powerful right. and far, far more compelling. And, and my, my, my sister brought up the point the other day is she said, you know, you can sit in a prayer meeting and you literally know what is what is going to be what's positive and what's negative by the um and amen brother and, and all of that that you get from the people around you. She said, if people pray about another church or they pray about something else that is going on, or they want to donate their money to something else, or they say, you know, I just want to pray for so-and-so who's, you know, whatever in this, it, the silence is deafening on the things that Zenos does not approve of, right? The things that go outside of their, uh, their walls. And, it's, it, and she said, you know, she could sit there. So-and-so has, uh, has a burden to go start this ministry somewhere else. No, no amens for that one. Uh, so-and-so would like to give, give 7% of their, uh, their net to the church. Oh, amen, brother. What a great, you know, what a great burden that you're fulfilling here. But absolutely, it's not published, but you very much know what it is that you're supposed to be doing. And you very much know based on the accolades or lack of accolades that your efforts get, uh, where, what direction you should be, you should be moving. And that's what I said, you know, all of these bricks together make a wall to the point where you're cutting off people from the word of God and you're cutting off people from the spirit of God and his individual leading in, in your life and the life of your congregation, because you're standing there in every single, and this is why Dennis says on his podcast, Hey, we've really devoted a lot of time into our student ministries because um, we want to get them literally his words. We want to get them before they make their big decisions in life. Right. They're malleable. They're young. We can get in there and we can help them decide what it is that they need to decide. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, he, he literally says, talks like this. And that's why they're that's why their elders are so young. <laughs> that's why their ministry and their focus is so young. That's why they've always spent more time and resources on a, on college ministry, on, on, uh, youth ministry and that sort of thing because they can get them while they're young. And that's the, the whole problem is 
when he says that, he's talking about where they make decisions about jobs, school, living, how much they tithe, uh, who they disciple, how their worldview is constructed. Let's get them while they're young, and then we won't have some of the problems that we've had with the older, uh, more mature people that have come in from the outside with fresh eyes, right? Right. You know, right. we can, we can grow, we can grow them up in Calumet. They can go to daycare here at the main campus. They can attend five meetings a week. You know, they can go to our schools. They can go to, you know, whatever, whatever it is, and we'll get them while they're young. And, and, and that's the thing. It's like, get them while they're young. That's exactly what it is, you know? It's exactly what where where their focus is. I remember reading one of the comments on our our Facebook page about about Dennis's response. Somebody wrote, uh, "Dennis, as usual, is in denial of the abusive de- environment that developed in Xenos. The emphasis on becoming a leader, the way those who weren't leadership material were treated, the shoot the wounded attitude towards those who struggle with mental illness. Their one size fits all discipleship. The unknown, unofficial, but understood rules." The list is long, and, yes. uh, and 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 that's exactly what you see throughout the entire thing. And I think this is a very important point again to to emphasize uh, what what this person wrote: the unofficial but understood rules. That's a reference that's right. right back to the oral tradition, as opposed to I mean, in, in, in any in any uh, uh, group or community, there's going to be the oral there's going to be the oral rules. Those sayings and teachings and understandings which which go without explanation. Everybody knows this is the way we do things and it's handed mm-hmm. off from from, from 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 person to person orally. Uh somebody yep. somebody in position in leadership speaks that out. Somebody shares yep. this is how we do things. Then it just goes on. Things are done that way. As opposed to yep. the scribal in which there is an extremely detailed amount of, of information, which 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 is used to then at that point form and shape uh, the, the the community rule, and Xenos does have that. But in, in these specific census spots, they really do uh, slip under the radar and become completely yes. oral. Well, and, and the things that they the things that they have hidden are unbelievably telling. Like Dennis says, oh, you know, we're an open book. Our finances are open. Well, Dennis, there's more to, <laughs> to use your language, Dennis, there's more to life than money, right? There's power, there's control, there's influence, there's reputation. There's a lot of things that drive people. So just because you have clean books and you can allocate, you know, this this uh, input went to this output, Right. And we have no fraud or, uh, you know, somebody with a private jet doesn't mean that there's not abuse going on there. Like, explain to me this. When you have Dennis, who's uh, you're you're able to go into, uh, uh, you know, your your wife is able to go on international vacations every year on the church budget. You know, where your uh, retirement is funded by the church because you show up at a meeting and you say, hey, you know, in the early 90s when we got started, we weren't organized enough. And, you know, I didn't think to put anything aside, right? So could you guys cover my retirement, right? Th- those are the, uh, yes, you know, the nuts and bolts, the dollars and cents on your budget match up. Um, but what about the, what about, you know, where your kids, um, get on to the group chat on, on the Xenos, uh, Xenos, uh, uh 
thing and say, hey, you know, I've got surgery coming up and I need to raise this amount of money. And everybody who wants to be noticed donates larger and larger sums to that to, to pay for the surgery. So don't don't tell me that, you know, there's no financial incentive um, and, and, and act like you live the life of a pauper and stuff when, <laughs> yeah. when, when everything is a, everything you need is donated to you or a phone call away or an email to your group site away. Right. You know, so exactly. So, and, and I don't think, I, I don't think Dennis is motivated by, you know, by money at all, but I, I will tell you that, you know, your family is able to make, a living off of the church. You're able to go on trips because of the church. You're able to have your bills covered because of the church. If you need a car, your car is donated to you because of somebody at the church. If you have a budget deficit, you have your rich donors a few lines away that you can call and implore them to follow God's leading and make up for that budget deficit. Follow I mean, God's leading. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and that's what would happen. I mean, we would have like a, a, a yeah. deficit in our giving and it would be time for Dennis to go out and call, call the big donors up, you know, and, and what are they going to, what are they going to say? Like, well, you know, my budget, no man, you know, they're going to, they're going to cut their, uh, cut their expenses a little bit and, and yeah, make up yeah. for that, uh, that deficit. So but that's the thing. It's like, you know, Dennis says, well, you know, I live a humble life and it's like, no buddy, like you're clearly driven by the amount of authority that you can wield over people and the control that you have in their lives. And you've always been motivated like that. And if anything, you look at yourself as some sort of countercultural, you know, based on, you know, your garb, how you dress, um, how you act in public, you know, you like to be this eccentric, you know, kind of out of the norm type person, like this Francis Schaefer type person. You've always wanted to be that. So, yeah, you know, you don't have mainstream aspirations like, you know, a lot of other people, but it doesn't mean that the aspirations you do have are godly because you just don't have the other Absolutely. ones that everybody right. looks at as sinful. So I, yeah. And, and I'll tell you what, it, to your point, the thing, the oral tradition and the things that are not written down, the things that are secretive, how many, well, let's talk about this, Raphael. How many people know that a ministry house got their doors kicked down because uh, the uh, men's uh, ministry house got their doors kicked down by the FBI because of child pornography. How many people know that the church, how many people know, how, 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 what, to what extent was that hidden from the congregation? Do a lot of people know that? I, I really doubt it. How many people know that they've got kids sitting in cars outside of girls' ministry houses and masturbating to the extent that the police has gotten involved and that the church then interceded on behalf of the perpetrator and had the girls drop the charges. How many people know that that stuff goes on there? How many people, and we've talked about this a little bit, have been assaulted by their spouses that have brought up real concerns in counseling sessions and that have been downplayed and they've been told to pick up their cross and bear it? You know, how many, we talked about, uh, Gary DeLashmitt's daughter. You know, how many people, Dennis says, oh, we've never had any issues with our leadership team soliciting sex or being involved in extramarital affairs. We've never stumbled in that way. 
That doesn't well, mean you, that, that doesn't mean you well, haven't stumbled in other ways. Well, <laughs> the thing is, it's a bold, it's a bold face lie, Raphael. The the the, uh, the leader that taught the class on sexual integrity when I was in the church was caught at a Korean parlor soliciting sex. The the very leader that was teaching us how to have integrity as, as you know college men. You know, in in this uh, terrible world, uh, <laughs> he was caught. He had to. He, he was rebuked, and he wasn't allowed to teach the class anymore. But when was he I was still in, there? he's absolutely still there. Mm. How many? So in in my in <laughs> my high school, he, he's acting kind of like Ravi Zacharias in the way, isn't he? The, that's, that's absolutely right. The, fall, the fallen say great what? Christian apologist who was who was found after his death to have been doing the same thing. Yep. After his death, people finally felt um, that they could come forward because his his power and influence was such that you know what what the heck are you going to say? It, when I was in my first experiences uh, with my high school leadership, was um, them falling into quote unquote sexual sin, right? John and Sarah hooked up. Everybody knew it in our high school group. They were on my high school. They were the high school leaders when I first joined the church. Um, uh, Josh married Missy, and they had a ter- He was terribly abusive sexually before they really, before they got married, and then after they got married. They got married in like two months because of the stuff he was doing. And they said, "Well, better better to tie the knot than than to burn." Right. Ethan was quote unquote addicted in his words, addicted to pornography. So don't tell me that your leadership team has never had sexual, uh, failings and stuff like that. Because I can literally every single leader from high school up, I can list specific, uh, uh, failings. So. Uh, it's just uh, these and these lies, uh, Raphael. These these lies are kind of you know they're they're not hard to um, yeah, and they're this, not hard to hard to refute. And that's just a tip of the iceberg. That that is just is. one slice, one very one very thin splinter of the kind of corruption you find in in any human culture. And and whereas we are wise enough and and. and Hold enough to know that, you know, this is, look, this is human nature. This is the way it is in the world. This is yeah. supposed to be a church which prides itself on, on being and creating, uh, I mean, the leaders of the church tomorrow. These are the people who you think would be the bastions of holiness mm-hmm. and integrity mm-hmm. and, 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 uh, emotional and spiritual, uh, 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 so, you know, you know, moral rectitude. They should be. These are the these are the the, the, the repositors of this. They're the representatives of Jesus on the earth, and and they're doing anything than what well, Jesus would do on the earth. It, it's just, it, and that's the thing, Raphael. It's like, yes, you know, people people have failings, and thank God there's there's grace for all of that. But the minute you come out as a leader and say, well, we've never done this. The minute people start saying, well, wait a second here, that's a bold-faced lie. You're right. not living in the light. You're not living in grace. Yeah. So don't preach that you have this pure cadre of leaders um, when you guys have had these unbelievable failings in this area. Yeah. And 
that doesn't even get to the fact that they had they had a leader who was assaulting women for years in Xenos. They had a woman, uh, a leader who was a, one of Dennis's key disciples, very charismatic kid, uh, actually my age, very charismatic man. And um, my sister brought up specifically, this man's a predator. I, Raphael, I got involved. This was probably 15 years ago. I got involved, got all of her phone records from him, went to Dennis and said, this man is a predator. This man is, you know, my my little sister who's 17, he's taking advantage of her. I had phone records that I got on this guy where he bragged about what it was he did and what it, and, and how it was that nobody was going to believe me when I brought it up. I took all of that stuff to Dennis, Ryan Lowry, and Katie Downs, laid it out, and said, this is what's going on here, and this needs to stop. Dennis said, well, we don't get involved in relationships. We don't get involved in relationships. And I said, this guy is a predator. This guy went on over the next decade to marry a woman, and then the people, the the young girls from her high school group that she was discipling, he took advantage of them and he assaulted them. And finally, when enough of them got abused, they those girls got together and said, hey, this happened to me. And the others said, oh, my God, that happened to me too. They got, <laughs> they got confident enough together because they both had the same, you know, nobody's going to say, you know, hey, you're a liar. Like, they called my sister a liar for years. I'm a whore and a harlot. And Dennis said, you know, we should have excommunicated you for what you did. She went to counseling, and, and uh, Katie Downs said, um, you're going to stand before God someday and apologize for trying to destroy Tim's reputation because of your lies. But anyway, this man married and then took advantage of his wife's young disciples for years. And Dennis had Dennis was told about this. He was told the character of this person. He was told what this person was bragging about and he chose not to do anything about it. So don't tell me you have this pure cadre of leaders that uh, don't slip up into sexual immorality. It's yeah. a bold faced lie. You've done it. You've discipled people that have done it. Your sexual, your leader of sexual integrity has done it. You do it on college retreats with 18, 19, 20 year old girls. Don't tell me that this stuff doesn't go on because it's a lie. Right. And, 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 and there's a I lot know, of I'm, I'm getting fired up here, but. Right. And, and, and we and, do and, have, and to, we have to bring it into a landing here. So, but I, yeah, I totally get what yeah. you're saying. I mean, that's yeah, I never do. I can't go to church now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I'm going. I need to go to church myself. Uh, I don't. I don't. I, so, I mean, that's what I'm getting ready. But, but anyway, um, there's a lot to be said right there, Oliver, about what all you've just said because that I think is just yet another, uh, another very clear and very uh, compelling. A bit of evidence, uh, a bit of testimony of, of the reality that really lurks there behind the pretty pictures of, of Xenos. I and mean, that's the there's, thing. There's, there's a lot to be said. But if Dennis McCallum and other members of the staff knew that there was sexual abuse going on among members of their church within a church context, regardless of whether mm-hmm. they're relations or not, 
I mean, there are laws in our land about about this sort of thing needing to be reported to authorities. And and if underage young women were involved, that that make that brings it into even a far more darker and onerous turn. So there's a lot to be said there. By omission, and, no and I would uh, I would discuss it with you later. But uh, but like I no, said, exactly. I, I think it's really an important thing to really keep that in mind uh, and, and really and understand. Royale, it wasn't until NBC Four came out, until Daily Beast article came out, until I started seeing these responses, until my sister moved in uh, with me from a broken broken marriage, broken relationship. Um, where she went again and again and again to quote unquote leaders at Xenos. It wasn't until these things started to come up that I started to say, you know what? My, my era there wasn't all about personal failure. It was, wasn't all about what I did wrong because there were a lot of other stuff that people need to be held accountable to. And I've repented and moved on and apologized and sought to restore relationships that I specifically damaged as a leader in Xenos. And, and my, my desire is that they do the same thing, get on their knees before God and do the same thing. And, and to your, and to the last thing that Dennis said that he spent time and effort and enormous resources trying to work with people that have been um, uh, abused by the church and these few stories that have come up. Um, Dennis, reach out to me. I'll meet with you specifically. Um, you don't want a kangaroo court. I will sit on one side of, a, uh, of the uh, uh, in front of your congregation. You, you can sit on the other side, and uh, we can let your whole congregation be the judge, jury, and executioner, and I can bring up the, the charges specifically, and we can let them decide and, and see see what's going on. Um, well, if that happens, I certainly will be there at that point. I well, and, and that's that's the thing. Re- reach out to me. I've reached out to to them with specific grievances, specific failings, specific things that I thought were wrong, um, did not get responded to. I've I've offered to get coffee with them, not responded to. Sooner or later, um, the uh, the the momentum builds. And the calls for change become more and more public, and that's what's going on. And and they need to look at some of this stuff, man. Um, 20, 20 years and looking back on it, and I'm thinking, like, good Lord. Then uh, and, and the people that are there need to look at it, and the people that go there need to seriously reconsider their their choices. Um, right, but because yeah. you know what, your yours is not the only story either, Oliver. No, I not. know. That there's so much more, so much we haven't we haven't begun to get into here. Where there's, there's so, so much more, who, 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 there's so much of this replicated in so many places within Xenos. But of course, those are the things that that uh, you know that that won't come out in Xenos's Summer Institute. They won't be talking about that. Uh, no. So, but the point is, it's going on. It's a reality, whether they want to admit it or not. And it's time uh, for the for for the for the voices to continue to be heard. And that's why I appreciate you coming on today to, to share just a little bit of that. And we want to, you yeah, know, of course, keep you. keep this conversation going. There's other people that you know we want to ask to respond to what's been going on. 
Mm-hmm. I'd love to have uh, Conrad and uh, and Katie back on to maybe discuss this in a, in a, in a f- entirely deeper level uh, because we told them back in December of 2021, we told them, look, this is what we're seeing. What are your responses? And then they, of course, are just following the same the same uh, uh, disjointed battle plan, which everybody in Xenos leadership has been following ever since each and every individual inconvenient burst of truth came on the public scene. So uh, we anticipate seeing a lot more of that coming out, and uh, we're just only too happy uh, to be one of those people helping provide that uh, <laughs> those uh, those outrushes of truth. And, uh, and once again, uh, Oliver, thank you so much for being with us today. I would love to visit more, but we both got things to do this morning. <laughs> so, And uh, I want to thank you, Chris, and, and, I, and uh, hopefully we'll have you back on really soon. Thank you so Yeah, thank you so much, and yeah, I'm glad about what we talked about, and I hope it's helpful to those who are listening, and I hope that uh, it brings about some real change. Because like you said, I mean, my story is not all that compelling, but I, I, I truly believe that there are people out there that have suffered significantly more, that are embarrassed and ashamed to come forward, that feel like they were at fault feel like they were they were the ones that brought something on onto themselves um i think those people will become um will be their confidence will be bolstered they'll get self-esteem seeing people come before them even with you know stories from 20 years ago they'll still they'll become more confident and they'll bring up more i don't think um the biggest shoes have dropped yet oh no i really don't i'll tell you what man the more the community grows, um, the more people that come forward, the more people that say, Hey, I've been a fly on a wall here for two years, but I, I, I want to, I want to talk about what happened to me. The more those people come forward, um, the, the, it's, it's, it builds momentum and, and their confidence builds to the point where they can talk to strangers about some really, really personal stuff exactly. that happened to them. And, and I hope that those people, get confident and I hope that those people feel like they have a voice and I hope that those people feel compelled to come, come forward because, you know, things right. have not changed up to this point, but, um, well, we're getting have, louder and bolder. Yes. And, uh, with things will change. We've, we've had a lot of email, which we, which basically the emails were catharsis. They were, they were um, people just spilling their hearts, spilling their guts, getting things off their minds and hearts as they carry for so long, which, which, you know, we're never meant to be testimonies or interviews or anything like that, but they were just people sharing their pain. And we've understood yep. that for just where it is. And a number of them have said they wanted to come forward, but they're, they're not quite ready yet. But, um, yes. you know, whatever, if, if any of you out there who are listening, who, who shared in the past, who have want to share, would still like to do so, please let us know. Uh, because at this point, like I said, we're not, we don't, we don't demand anyone to, to speak. I mean, I've never done that, never will. Um, uh, I, I don't know what, uh, what, uh, Dennis's view of us are as, 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 but really we, he doesn't have a view. He does he, all the people and the voices that, um, that we've shared, uh, he just dismisses them as, as just these horrible accusers whose, whose, uh, no, whose room noise of complaint 
are the signs of spiritual uh, deficit, and and that and that's drowning out the the voices of the truly spiritual five thousand people that go to dwell. To me, well, that's that's yeah, not the, the, the dozen the dozen angry people yeah, that have been uh, have their responses curated and manipulated by Gail Carey and, and Mark. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's right. what it is. But we're going to continue in this fight, and we're going to continue in this uh, attempt to just continue to have uh, information shared and uh, and done in a way that it, we're not trying to be in any way, shape, or form. Um, Controversial. The truth itself is bad enough, and that's that's where we that's where we stand on all this. Thanks for listening today. As we explore, just where are we going? Our prayer is that you have been encouraged and strengthened, and if necessary, challenged in your daily journey through life. Jesus is coming. You can fall with the night, or you can rise with the sun. The choice is yours. You can email us with questions and comments at feedback at spiritwatch.org. And if you need urgent personal spiritual help, email us at help at spiritwatch.org. We look forward to hearing from you. Please follow our podcasting at our Facebook page and our website at spiritwatch.org. This podcast is a production of Spirit Watch Ministries, taking heed that no man deceives you.